am going. Hello, welcome to KeeperCast, the Keeper of the Lost Cities podcast. I'm Kalani. I'm Sam. And I'm Shar. And this is episode 66. Woo-woo. Woo! We're going to be discussing chapters. Annoyingly, I'm, I'm going to be really immature here, but annoyingly, the episodes we have planned out so far stops at 68. <laughs> and I can't make an immature joke about it. It's not a thing we need to discuss right now. We're gonna what we are gonna discuss right now is chapters forty-one to forty-seven of Keeper of the Lost Cities. They have just released Alvar, and Keith is still processing the creepy stuff his mom did as a fertility treatment. Yeah, that yeah. stuff was weird. <laughs> I know I've made fun of Sophie for that every book she's people are like, hey, you can do this slightly less reckless thing, or like this slightly less a dangerous thing or this significantly more dangerous thing and she does the more dangerous thing but I think we also need to stop make, start making fun of Keith because pretty much yeah. every book there's an instance where everyone's like hey don't do this thing and he says I won't and then he does it <laughs> yeah this man runs on impulsivity he does we love him also I find it kind of interesting that like Keith and Sophie are actually kind of going through the same thing. This book was both d- discovering stuff about their, like, biological family slash what their pair, like, slash how they were created that they really actually, di- that they, like, di- didn't really want to find out. And also how they kind of cope with it differently, I guess. Like, Keith is really verbal about how he feels and what happened, while Sophie, like, shuts in on herself and won't talk to anyone after the biological mother reveal. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, that happens, huh? Yeah, that happens. Yeah, so, let's see. Keith does some processing stuff. Um, Sophie tells her team about Alvar and their chill with it, and then she gets to have all, all the fun of telling the council uh, about Keith Mullins' fertility treatments. Like, I do not envy her in this moment. <laughs> I never envy Sophie. Yeah, that's fair. No. <laughs> that poor girl. God, I hope that the Lost Cities has therapists. It it, it really needs them. Like, they need so much therapy. Uh, name one Keith of the Lost Cities character who does not need therapy. Iggy. Does Iggy need therapy? Iggy causes people to need therapy, I think. <laughs> he just gives me very chaotic vibes. <laughs> okay, um... So, I think the next part is the countdown ex- exercise with Sophie and Orly, where um, they they basically, through, like... They do this thing where Orly gets Sophie to name how her abilities feel in like a five, four, three, two, one countdown thing. And once they finish, like she's able to figure out how to turn her enhancing on and off. Like a light switch. (laughs) And now it's just like on off, on off. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I thought of that. But I did. Shoot, I think I left the enhancing on. <laughs> <laughs> My mental electrical bill is gonna go way up. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> also, just I think the scene like it's a like contrasts really well with the run like with the one right after it. Like in this chapter, you've got 
Both of them are absolutely calm. They're trying to, uh, or at least generally trying to help Sophie with her abilities. There's like no conflict or stress at all. It's like the most relaxing part of of the of all of Legacy. It's like I think at the one point. Yeah, in all it was of, nice. It, it's like the one point in all of Legacy in which Sophie is not afraid for her life, which Melody. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not under completely mind blowing stress. Yeah. Still stress, but not so bad. But- any thoughts on the three skipped heartbeats thing? I think that's actually kind of cool and interesting. I don't know why, yeah. but I'm just like, oh, well, that's an interesting trait. That's gonna say that I think is interesting. Huh. Also, kind of makes me wonder, like, was this just something Shannon threw in, so for the biological parent reveal, or is it going to like show up later on in the series, like? Would that still happen to Vespera, even though she her ability is basically useless now because she went numb? I don't know. That would be interesting to see. Mm. Also, um, so when when it gets to the point of um of the of, of the parent reveal, I don't know why yeah. I don't have as as many thoughts as I feel like I should. But uh, I do remember very early on in Legacy, not not super early on, but like when we st- kind of started like feeling around, like, looking around for, like, who might be one of the parents, I thought for a second, I'm like, oh, maybe it's Orly? And, uh, and then I was like, nah, I think, I think that that's supposed to be the obvious, uh, like, like the, like, the misleading thing, like, oh, you think, and then plot twist it's someone else. But then the plot twist is, no, for once we were right. <laughs> or at least, you know, just for, for once you were right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that... That happened. Orly is Sophie's mom. Biologically. Adeline is really yeah, Sophie's mom. Adeline is the mom. Also, the scene kind of made me wonder if Orly's line about knowing nothing about the Black Swan was actually a cover-up for something even more freaky. Because, mm. like, let's face it, the Black Swan is... Yeah, like, they're technically the, the good guys, but they're not the most moral of organizations. And I also have a really hard time believing that Orly's only reason for donating DNA was just selfishly wanting a kid. It just, it doesn't quite make sense to me, because if she actually wanted a kid that much, she would have stepped down from the council. And it's clear that, like, Kenrick would have done it with her. And part of my friend here is just going trans Orly, who's by, who's, by, by, whose medical tra- transition wasn't actually complete, but... Even still, just, if it really was that selfish, Orly would have tried to get closer to Sophie throughout the series, but she, it's like in previous books, she makes it very, it's very clear that she sees Adeline and Grady as Sophie's actual parents, and she, like, respects that boundary and everything, and when she does help Sophie out, it's in her, it's usually in her official capacity as a counselor. I love trans Orly headcanon. yeah. Queer headcanons about Keeper of the Lost Cities, or basically anything, but especially Keeper <laughs> of the Lost Cities, I will just eat them up. Yeah. So, yes. I mean, trans orally was what was my first theory. My second one, which actually, I mean, she can still be trans, but my second one is that she got involved with the Black Swan before, and she like owes them a debt for for something, and this is how she paid it off. Because if you think about it, enhancing is a lot like empathy, right? And as far as we know, the Black Swan doesn't have empath aside from Orly and Keith, and Keith didn't join until book four. And then, sorry, not enhancing, inflicting. So inflicting is kind of like a combination of telepathy, telepathy and empathy, because empathy is sensing feelings, and telepathy is transmitting thoughts, and then inflicting is like transmitting feelings. 
And since we know that Sophie, one of Sophie's biological parents is an empath, and it would have made sense for one of her other ones to be a telepath, or at least something else that's really strong and mental. So I would have figured, yeah. Maybe, like, early did something with the Black Swan or against the Black Swan. Maybe she was even a never seen member. I know I'm rambling in the past. And the Black Swan offered to help her cover it up, but for a price. And the price was that this Project Moonlight would use her DNA. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that she was... I, I definitely think that even aside from Project Moonlark, I think that she probably worked with them or was part of them at some point. Yeah. Like, there's no way that they just, like came up to her were like, yo, want to make an experiment? Yeah, yeah, want to make an experiment, baby? And she was like, oh, sure. <laughs> I kind of doubt that. There has to be yeah. more to it. Exactly. Yeah, I do kind of wonder how she got involved with that. Wasn't there, like, some deleted quote on Shan Messenger's Instagram about Kala recommending Orly for Project Moonlark. Like, is that still canon? I know. If, if it's a deleted I don't line? remember that because I have a terrible memory, but that would be really interesting. I like to I like to imagine that uh, deleted quotes are, or at least, you know, parts of deleted quotes are still canon. Mainly just for that one deleted quote where Tam has a snort laugh, which, uh, A, Tam with, because A, Tam with a snort laugh. B, I have a snort laugh. <laughs> I sometimes have a snort laugh and then like a really obvious one. And then I, oh, yeah. and then I start laughing because I just snorted really loudly. And then I just, it's just sort of a vicious cycle. Yeah, I, like, like, I used to just completely muffle the snort laugh and told my partner, told me that, that, that it was cute. And I was like, oh, okay, I don't Aww. sound ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Also, going back to that scene, part of it just makes me think, like, why on earth did the Black Swan ever decide to do Project Moonlark in the first place? Yeah. Like, I mean, they knew that it would hurt Sophie to know that she'd been an experiment. It would hurt her biological parents that they couldn't have a connection with with their kid. And, like, what did they get from it? I mean, yeah, like, she heals Elden and Prentice, but aside from that, it's like, I get why she's so angry at... Orly, but why isn't she also angry at, at the Black Swan? Yeah. I feel like Orly isn't the only person that she should be mad at. Yeah. And uh, I, frankly, I also think that she's, like, kind of right to be a bit mad at Orly, at least for a while. Like, she she probably should yeah. be mad. This is a big thing. Because I've, I've seen people being like, you know, Sophie's not taking it the right way but there I don't think there is a right way to take this and when something this big has been this close to you for so long and you've been looking for it and just everyone kept it for you even if it was for a good reason I think she has every right to be as mad as she as she wants to or as mad as she needs to be yeah I don't think it's fair to judge Sophie for how she reacts to this because it's such a huge thing exactly like, can you guarantee? Like, like, can you guarantee that everything would be sunshine and rainbows if this happened to you? No, I also kind of wish that Sophie had told Adeline because, like, she can probably trust Adeline to keep it a secret or not, as the case may be. And also, Sophie deserves to have someone help her emotionally process yeah. this. Yeah, I think it could have been Adeline. Adeline would totally keep that secret. 
I mean, I should know this, but it's very easy to get, like, trapped inside your own head when you're angry about someone or something. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a lot of what's happening to Sophie here. Like, she's still seeing it as kind of like a dichotomy thing. Like, the black swan is good because they're my creators, or at least bad because she gave them her DNA, even though she's a counselor. But, like, if if Sophie had someone to sit that she could just, like, talk to about this, like, Evelyn or a therapist, another black swan member, even... (laughs) Yes, a therapist, but, like, this is another please get Sophie therapist so she can work through her emotions in a healthy way, Siri, part. Yeah, although I guess if she had a therapist that was just, like, a therapist, I kind of doubt that she would be able to talk about this or at least name who it is. Like, I feel like she could at least tell a therapist, I found out who my actual mom is and it's terrible because I actually can't tell anyone and there's just a lot of bad things going on. So anyways, yeah, let Sophie and let Sophie talk it out with Adeline 2021 yeah. because she deserves to have someone help her process her emotions. Indeed. One last thing, and then I'll stop rambling about this, but this is also more fodder for my orally has anxiety head canon because it's like both of the, them are freaking the heck out in this section. And so, yeah. Also something, uh, I was thinking of the, the countdown with her abilities. It sort of reminds me of like the excerpt the exercise that therapists have you do when you're, like, having a panic attack, which is, or at least mine does, which is, like, the counting down from five, and it's, like, five things you can see, four things you can hear, three things you can feel, two things you can smell, one thing you can taste kind of thing, and it reminded me a lot of that. Yeah, it is like that, actually. I don't know, I don't know how I didn't think of that, because people tell me to try that all the time, but... That, yeah. That makes so much sense, and thank you for giving me even more father to my orally has anxiety headcanon. Yes. You're welcome. I will I will always fool people projecting onto characters because I do it. What are fictional characters for if not projecting? Yeah. Exactly. Just look at a bunch of fictional characters and I'm just like, okay, you can have my sexuality, you can have whatever is going on with gender, you can have all of my, like, trauma and anxiety. It's like writing a will. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I mean, to me, I don't, I don't limit it to one. Like, I like a character, I had canon them as arrow-ace and or trans. It's as simple as that. (laughs) Uh, That's fair. I see a character, I'm just like, how many of my ADHD traits can I give you? That's why we have a whole, I've, there's a whole episode where I was just like, this character is she-they, this character is he-they, and they're all Cassius bisexual. Cassius is not a she-they. <laughs> what? Cassius is not a she-they. <laughs> Cassius is not a she-they, or a he-they. Cassius is not cool enough. <laughs> you don't get to hang out in the treehouse. <laughs> Cassius, you do you do not get the badge of Shiva honor. <laughs> um, this is a we also have like Fitz and Sophie talking about Alvar, right? That's in this section. Yeah, yeah. They end up arguing a lot about him. Like first because Fitz is angry that Sophie let Alvar go, and then because she, Sophie won't tell him who her biological mom is. Yeah. There's a lot going on here. It's not that I don't like Fitz. I used to be one of those, like, Fitz sucks 12-year-olds. Aww. But I am I am not that anymore. I have grown to like Fitz. That being said, 
he was maybe not the greatest here. <laughs> he was kind of mean to her. Yeah, yeah. Every character has their moments, and this was a moment. <laughs> I mean, it's like this entire section is full of people betraying Sophie, and like Shannon, give her a break. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've uh, I've, I've talked with a with a friend about this uh before. This friend of mine, he was like um, like just kind of in general upset uh, at like what fit you know how Fitz's character has come to you know this whole thing and like kind of hates how like all, all, all the arguing and fighting and I'm just like don't get me wrong I don't really like it either I I you know I don't like being upset at my boy but at the same time I think uh, like I I'm I trust Shannon it's like a whole you know you got to break a character down for a bit before they can grow back up better than they were before and so you kind of have to have them be kind of not great at times like this um and he's already starting like we like we see maybe a little bit at the end of this a bit at the end of this book and also i think it was during part of unlocked that he's like actually genuinely working on himself and his anger issues and i am so proud of him i am immensely proud of him for that i mean like i'm not sure whether he I've heard people saying that, like, he doesn't have, like, actual anger issues, since that's, like, a thing, but that he just sort of more gets angry easily, and that's Yeah, kinda... you know, still, e- either way, that is still something that a person should work on, because it does kind of tend yeah, to negatively affect the people around them. Like, he's, 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 he's kind of, he's quite a bit like my, uh, like my sister, and she's been putting immense amount of work for the past few years to kind of work on that aspect of herself and she's making lots of progress and so I guess that's part of why I have so much pride towards Fitz because it reminds me of all the pride I have towards my sister. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. He's like, he's working on it. Because when he lashes out this way instead of taking some time to calm himself, and I'm not saying he doesn't have a right to be mad. He does have full right to be angry about this. Sophie wasn't communicating and like, 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 even about, like, the other stuff, she wasn't communicating properly, but that, in turn, was also because of his, you know, his, his temperament. He gets, he gets mad when he gets, ups- you know, he gets angry when he gets upset by something. And, and you know, it, like, even if it's sadness, it tends to present more as anger, usually. And, you know, so she's nervous about that aspect. And so it's kind of like a... Like a circle of not fun for either of them. But yeah, rather than, you know, taking time to calm down, he goes into, he tends to go into anger mode. And I can't remember where I was going with this because my memory is terrible, but you get, you get it. Yeah. I do kind of get upset that, like, he, te- that he values the, the matchmaking thing over Sophie's comfort level. Even though yeah. he says that it doesn't yeah. matter to him, like he still gets so upset about it when she can't or doesn't want to do it. That is one of the few things where I'm like, Fitz, come on, buddy, get it together. Prioritizing that over her comfort levels. I get that he was probably raised that way because of all the emphasis that the Lost Cities puts on it, but that doesn't really make it super okay because he's not really listening. I think that the scene also kind of shows, like, that Fitz and Sophie just aren't ready for a relationship yet. Like, 
by and like and like it's not really a matter of like if it's his fault or is it Sophie's fault or is it the Black Swan's fault for what they put Sophie through or it's it's just they're just two teenagers with a lot going on and their relationship just didn't work out at this time where they're both in these states. Like that's valid. Like not every teenage relationship has a happy go lucky two two point five kids and a car ending. Two point five kids? How do you get a half kid? I think that's like the average number of kids that most people have. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, average doesn't mean anyone actually has 2.5 kids. I've still decided that you get 0. 0.5 of a child. <laughs> so what percent of, of a child has secretly do- donated your DNA for up to a rebel organization count for? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Orally has 0. 0.5 of a child because it's biologically her child. But do Adeline and Grady have a whole child? I don't understand. Okay. <laughs> I, but, like, but, but then also they mislike how every adult in the Lost City is Sophie's parental figure. Like, is Sophie, like, 0.3 El- Ellen's child? 0.3 Lizzie's child? Like, yes. Is she, yes. Point, is, she, is, she like, is she, like, 0.75 Ellen and Della's child because they offered to adopt her? <laughs> like, Yes. Conspiracy theory. Sophie is five people because that's how many she would need to have to justify her amount of parental I apologize to anyone who has been adopted for my messy logic. <laughs> that was not my brightest moment. Not mine either, sorry. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm still in my pajamas. I'm not 100% awake yet. Wow, Sophie, how come Shannon lets you have so many parents? Off the top of my head, she's got two biological parents, two human parents, um, then Grady and 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 Adeline, and then five bodyguards, which makes eleven. If we count Kala, that makes twelve. And then uh, if we add an Elwin, Livy, Alden, and Della, that's we're at sixteen now. Like she has more pair, she has more parents than there are counselors in the it lost takes cities. Sixteen parents to handle her drama. I wonder. Maybe she just gains. Maybe she just gains a new parent every time she almost dies. <laughs> Actually, that's not a ba- that's not bad logic. Shannon's just Shannon's just doing like ratio. Oh god, I'm sorry. This is math again. <laughs> I was gonna say a ratio of one parent per near death experience, but I'm not sure what that counts as math. I apologize for making anyone think about math during summer vacation. I actually kind of like math, kind of. So okay, I'm terrible. I apologize at math. for anyone who isn't who making anyone who isn't Shar think about math <laughs> when they don't have to. If you enjoy math, that's good. You should do math. I'm I don't, and I regret thinking about it. You know what makes me feel emotional? What the scene with Adeline, and it said, and it said that mother had given her life. This mother gave her love. How did you know what page I was open to? Well, I was just flipping through in order. Yeah, I just, I I just, I literally had it opened, like, my book opened on that page. But also, yes. Grady and Adeline just make me emotional. Are you truly a Keeper of Velocities fan if if you don't want one of the Lost Cities adults to adopt I want, I almost said I want all of the Lost City adults to adopt me. There are some that I would like, eh, no. Cassius. Cassius, yes. Throw him, him into the sun. 
throw him into the sun. I agree. Sophie's having a whole time right now. Yeah, she's just having a time. When is she not having a time? Like, this is probably the worst, but, like, in terms of just having a lot of, a lot of things on, like, to deal with. Like, I think that the, I think the worst thing that she's ever gone through has obviously been the kidnapping in book one. That's probably the worst thing that's ever happened to her. But this is just the most things that have been on her brain stressing her out at once. And, yeah, let's not forget, like, the thing with her, like, going through Cassius's mind, and then they went to, and then they went to Everglen and found Alvar, and, uh, and they found out all that stuff about Keith, and then, and then she went to Counselor Orly and found out that Orly was her mom, and then she got broken up with. <laughs> she just had Sophie and the no good, horrible, very bad day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and t- I mean, t- 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 technically this is a couple of days after, but then she finds um, little no- notes on Luna and-, and Wynn threatening her, being like, meet us in Momnor. That wasn't Who puts great threatening notes on baby alicorns? The never seen, apparently. <laughs> I also, I'm sorry, it's so funny to me that, like, that Lady Gisela just wrote XOXO on her. XOXO bestie. <laughs> just like, who signs a threat with hugs and kisses? <laughs> I think... <laughs> I, Lady Gisela is something. So, they come up with a plan for Lomonar, but like, yeah. some of them are going to be in the Grand Hall, some of them are going to be in the main marketplace. Instead of all being in the main marketplace, like Gisela said. So they split, they split into teams. Um, Brade has this line with, everyone should go change, gather any weapons, and say your goodbyes. Like, yes, Brade, thank you so much for lifting morale. It was just what we needed here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, also, I think the only uh, thing about the whole situation with Orly that makes me smile is all of the nicknames. I will never get over Counselor, not her mom. I mean, it's like happily was the laugh at the nicknames, and the and the other half gets seriously annoyed by them. I guess because I get that she is still processing, but really, yeah, I can see both. <laughs> I'm like, hey, okay. I'm like, half of me is just like, okay, tone it down a little bit, sweetie. But at the same time, I'm also just wheezing. Love snarky Sophie. I've said it before. I will yeah, say it again. we don't get enough of her. I'm like kind of torn by them because half of them, half of me wants to laugh, and, and the other half is a hardcore orally stand. It's hard to read because, like, yeah, even and it's like if the scene was if the biological mother reveal was supposed to tell the fandom to not trust orally, didn't really work for me. Instead, I now, I'm now yeah, coming no, up with I still 50, trust her. 000, I'm just now coming up with 50,000 angsty backstory headcanons as to why she would do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if that was supposed to make us not trust her. Like, I still trust her completely. Yeah. I mean, I think what it really did is make me decide that I, sh- I should never, one, try to genetically create a kid, or two, offer my DNA to someone who's trying to do so. But, like, I kind of knew that already. Hey, want to help us make an experiment, baby? <laughs> Like, how, okay, how did the Black Swan even even ask her to join in? Like, do you just go up to the counselor's castle and knock on the door and be, and be like, hi, I want to be part of our genetic experiment? Would you like to hear about our lord and savior, Mr. Forkel? 
just walk into the glittering castle. Hey, would you mind having a baby for us? Again, I'm still headcanning that she wasn't involved with the Black Swan before Project Moonlark. Another thought: could she could could she be a Black Swan member? I yeah I, I I think that she is or was a member at some point. Yeah, that's interesting. Anyways, they get to Luminor. They um, Sophie's with the group that's set up in the Grand Hall, and they like King Enki has this like really weird quote unquote battle crown made from Etherkeen, which we lit. Which we later learn is not a battle crown after all. And also, F13 is what Tam's handcuffs uh, are made yeah. of. King Enki. That is my boy. Okay, may I be briefly gay on main? Yeah. Um, be as gay as you want. Go ahead, I'm listening. Okay, there's one line where it's like, all eyes turn to the silent hydrokinetic, and Lynn let go of Maruka and Morella's hands and drew the moisture into the air. Oh, yeah! In the air. Oh, and yeah. Like, it didn't mention her holding their hands until, like, I think if I looked back, it was, like, when they leaped there. So they just leaped there and then just continued holding hands throughout the entire conversation. This uh, book just keeps coding Lynn slash Maruka slash Morella, and I am there for it. I know, yes. it's so good. Uh, I mean, this was actually before, but who cares? We can skip back in time if it involves being gay. Yeah. <laughs> we can. Gay time travel. <laughs> Lynn Alaruka. Oh, yeah. Does that work? Uh, Marusa Lynn? Yeah. I don't think it'll ever... Like, I'm, I don't know if it'll ever Sound. end up, like, actually being confirmed canon, but, like, if it did, could you imagine how much of, of a, like, a power move that would be? Like, not only would we get a canon gay couple, but it would be, like, a canon polyamorous lesbian, like, relationship. That's, like, a big power move. Because polyamory is even more that rare. That would be amazing. In, in books, especially, like, children's books. I kind of doubt that Shannon's going to put in a gay ship, let alone a polyamorous one, but if it did, it would be so freaking cool. Yeah, I high-key doubt it, but I'm like, if she were to do it, it would be such a power move. I would feel so seen. Going back to the scene in the Grand Hall, um, Gisela shows up despite her note saying that she'd be in the main marketplace. Wow, Gisela lied? Shocking. Wow, never expected that of her. It also kind of makes me wonder if there's someone in the Black Swan or on the council who's leaking information, because at around the same time that the Black Swan started working more closely with the council, which I think is book five, um, their plans just started getting ruined a lot. Like, I mean, and this could just be Shannon's getting lazy with her plotting, but also I kind of think that Counselor Tarek is a, a, a never-seen member. Just hear me out on this. So in the earlier books, books like one and two, he helps Sophia out with the Alicorns, helps her find her human diary, tries to get, and like overall just gets really close to her, which I think could be a ploy for being a part of the never scene. And then in the later books, when it's like Sophie's actually off doing stuff with the Black Swan, um, he stops like connecting with her. And so I think maybe he, he was like trying to keep an eye on her for, for, for the never scene, but then when, once Sophie joined the Black Swan, they could just do that by like, oh, look, Sophie showed up to Thursday's fight, so she's still around. Um, and then it's also like he lost his leg in the Luminaria collapse, and no one else had a serious injury. So maybe he was like trying to help the Never Seen get out, but he got hurt himself in the process. 
and then it's like it could be how like the, the, the never seen had figured out the timing of the peace summit and gotten and known where everyone was going to be in Lomnor and everything just like they have someone on the inside helping them out that def- that definitely could uh, like could uh check out and even if it's not even if it doesn't end up being him like it's, it's someone is leaking stuff like also <laughs> Like, so far, out of the counselors who were supporting Sophie from book one, which is Tarek, Orly Kendrick, I, um, I mean, we've gotten that Orly Sophie's biological mom, and Kendrick was only helping Sophie because he knew about Orly being Sophie's biological mom, but, like, we, we learned that in Unlocked. So, if Kendrick is, if Tarek is actually a Never Seed member, like, oh, look, Sophie has a, another someone betraying her arc. So much betrayal in these books. Shannon really just won't let anyone be genuinely kind to Sophie without some ulterior motive. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, most of the kids are pretty good, but the adults. Which I, once again, like, a, another point in the Elvin column for my Sophie's biological father chart. I know, every time that just makes me sad. It's like, I'm worried. he's the obvious choice, but also, like, I didn't want Sophie to hate Orly Jean, I don't want her to hate Elvin, too. They're, like, two of my three favorite characters. <laughs> that would just hurt. Please, Shannon, please do not make Elwin be mad at- I mean, don't make Sophie be mad at Elwin. I couldn't take it if anyone got mad at Elwin. <laughs> I know! Not even Sophie, just if anyone were to get mad at him, I'd be, like, crying in a corner. <laughs> Please, Sophie, be nice to Elwin. He's doing his best. He is doing his best. I'll never, speaking of just Elwin being a dad, I still don't think I'm ever gonna get over that, like, the fandom, like, predicted Elwin taking in Keith. Even yeah. if it's not yeah. permanent. Even if it's not permanent, I hope it ends up being permanent. That it would be should lovely. be. Yeah, it should be. He's a way better dad than Cassius. But yeah, uh, I just I just love that that was, like, fan, the, the fandom, like, just kind of predicted it. Yeah. Cassius is not Keith's dad. Keith's dad, Keith's dads are Elwin and Elwin's husband that Shannon conveniently forgot to mention. Yes! I actually... I mean, I actually had Canon Elwin as Arrow Ace because I love projecting. But I also love that head Canon. Yes, I just Arrow happen to also love the the husband that was made up for him. That could also be like a queer platonic partner, though. That would be cool. Oh my god, that's okay, lovely! Yes, 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 both worlds. I think I've c- come across exactly one QPR in the hundreds of books I've read. So, oh my god, what book was it? I want to know what book had a QPR. Um, if it makes you happy, by Claire Con. I will keep that, that title in mind. sounds cute. Um, and then um, Loveless by Alice Osman. The characters aren't explicitly in QPR, but there's like platonic bed sharing and very close friendships, so heavily Aww. implied. But yeah, I, I I like the husband slash queer platonic partner that the group chat made for Ellen. I what I'm trying to remember, like he no one knows his true hair color because he dyes it like every other week. Uh Elwin has a million <laughs> nicknames for him. Like, none of the kids actually know this guy's name because Elwin only calls him by, like, a million weird or and or overly sappy nicknames. Uh, just for fun. As a treat. You said as a treat before me. 
And he he refers to all of the children as just Elwyn's kids. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, Elwyn is like uh, Elwyn is like a second dad or first dad. Ultimate and, dad. Yeah, Elwyn is the ultimate dad. They also dress uh, Bullhorn up in little outfits together. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bullhorn doesn't approve. <laughs> uh, like, forget Sophie this and Sophie's that. The ultimate series ending is Sophie and her friends having a sleepover at Keith's house, which which by that I mean Elvin and Huzz's house. Why does that make me emotional? <laughs> yes. My entire heart just melted, and I was like, I want to cry. I think my children just deserve to be happy and just hanging out together. Yeah. I've heard people talking about how, like, they think the ending of Keeper of the Lost Cities should be sort of like this, like, Avatar The Last Airbender style. Everyone's just sort of hanging out and is happy and chilling. Yeah. Yes! And I think that is true, and I think it should be at Ellen and Huzz's house. Like everyone just hanging out stuff. That's literally the, that's the topic of most of my fanfic. Like, forget... I may, like I think I wrote one ship fic as 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 a joke and that was it. But it's mostly just Shannon. Well, once I be happy, I'm gonna do it myself. <laughs> yes, do that. Canon non typical happiness. <laughs> yeah, like as like as much as I am like a huge sucker for romance. Honestly, when I really think about it, I think that the I, like my two ideal endings are just everyone is just friends and they're just hanging out doing friend stuff or Sophie and a polycule I like how my how my two ideal uh how my two my two ideal endings are either all of the romance or no romance at all <laughs> yes <laughs> all or nothing it's like I find it kind of funny how the fandom can be like okay we want them to all need a polycule and we want a bunch of small separate polyamorous ships well then these are all our monogamous ships oh and actually no shipping's bad just let them be friends and like all on the same craft it's like fandom is truly something okay so and on that note should we do social media we should yes okay you can find us at keepercast on tumblr and the keepercast on instagram you can find me at Klein underscore Clue on Instagram and Sewer 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 Couch on Tumblr. You can find me uh, at Electric Spins both on Instagram and AO3. If you're feeling down and want to quack up, you can find my fanfic at the, the Dark Chocolate Lord on, on Archive of Our Own. Um, I write a, a lot of humor. Yes, that was the reason for my puns. Please start laughing. My, my, my self-esteem thrives on it. <laughs> I'm I'm laughing. I just have a weirdly inaudible laugh. No, it's fine. This has been Keepercast. Uh, see you in two weeks.